Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to Snug Wrestling. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. And now, making his way to the podcast studio all the way from Sacramento, California, he eats, sleeps, and breathes pro wrestling. He is the best self-proclaimed pro wrestling analyst in the world. Wrestling is still real to him, and he is here to keep good wrestling alive. He is the host of Snug Wrestling Podcast, the one, the only, Edgar Avila. AEW went to uncharted territories this past weekend on Saturday because they were in Connecticut. They were in WWE territory on WWE turf and they put on a doozy of an episode for AEW Collision. The AEW Championship was defended and MJF and Kenny Omega went all out for this Saturday night wrestling show. The people in Uncansville, Connecticut, Uncansville Uncasville, Uncasville, man, that's a really hard city to pronounce, Uncasville, Connecticut, were throwing babies in the air throughout this whole entire match. What's up, folks? What is going on? Welcome back to Snug Wrestling. My name is Edgar, your host. Like usual, we're going to be going over all of the shenanigans and all the dirty details and all the good, the bad, and the great stuff that goes down on these wrestling shows. And today, it's AEW Collision. Saturday, October 28th, Uncasville, Connecticut. Let's get into the fun stuff. Let's go. The fake trip will be AEW World Heavyweight Champion Jay White is still walking around with stolen gold. Jay White has the Triple B Championship in his possession still, and he's walking around like he stole it. And he's opening up the show here versus AR Fox. AR Fox is a great candidate to do a job for Jay White to put him over and make Jay White look like a million dollars. AR Fox is a great hybrid wrestler, and he can do it all. He can do all the fancy super flippy doodah high flying stuff but ar fox is also a super good mat and technical wrestler ar fox had a nice little run feuding with darby allen and was in the middle of the storyline with swerve strickland and darby allen but ar fox is a highly underrated wrestler in aew and ar fox he was on fire in this match and he was flying all over the place he was so close to beating jay white for a second i thought AR Fox was actually gonna pull it off and the people in Uncasville man I cannot get that right were behind AR Fox and AR Fox got this is awesome chance in this match I cannot get tired of saying good things about AR Fox he has great in-ring awareness and is very very impressive in this match but Jay White hit the switchblade as he should and AR Fox did a great job for Jay White and put him over even though I was not expecting AR Fox to win this match. I mean, it wouldn't make any sense. Jay White is going to be facing MJF for the AEW World Championship. So thank you for coming, AR Fox. MJF, he tried to pull a fast one on the Bullet Club and tries to steal back his belt. Well, I guess it wouldn't be stealing it back because it does belong to MJF. It would be more like a, hey, give me my shit back type of thing. But the Bullet Club goal do not let MJF get back what's rightfully his, which is the 
Triple B AEW World Heavyweight Championship belt. All four members of the Bullet Club Gold catch MJF in the lick of time. They catch him red-handed, and all four of the heels chase off MJF. We get to see the acclaimed, the AEW Trios champions, and they announce 69 days as Trios champions. Max Caster, he's still fanboying and is still thirsting over MJF. Max Caster really putting out those creeper vibes out there, and someone needs to tell him to get his shit together. We get to see the guns in some tag team action, and they pick up another great convincing win. And the guns, they're looking really good right about now. They've been having back-to-back squash matches and having some very convincing victories over these tag teams. And let's keep giving the guns wins. Let's keep building up the guns because they are the future of the tag team division in AEW. Danhausen gets another video package on AEW Collision. And AEW has been teasing Danhausen to come back. And it's going to be interesting to see what Danhausen has up his sleeve and what type of shenanigans that crazy guy is going to get himself into in AEW. Ryan Nemeth, he has an interview on Collision and he says that he has a surprise. And of course, because I am a big conspiracy theorist in wrestling, my mind automatically goes to the craziest thing ever, which is his brother, Nick Nemeth, aka Dolph Ziggler, formerly known as Dolph Ziggler in the WWE. He's no longer in the WWE. He was released a few months ago when the Endeavor merger first got finalized. And I got really excited for a second because I thought that was going to be the big surprise that Ryan Nemeth was talking about here. Because wouldn't that be some shit? CJ Perry's first wrestler that she manages is Dolph Ziggler. And we get to see a feud between Miro and Dolph Ziggler. Or I should say Nick Nemeth. Book it, Tony. Make it happen. I think we all want to see that. But he was announcing his many successful things that are going on in his career. And by he, I mean Ryan Nemeth. Too many pronouns, pal. In Hollywood, movies, comedy shows, yada, yada, yada. And he's standing in front of hot and flexible CJ Perry's in front of her office door. Ryan Nemeth knocks on the door and he gets welcomed. A nice warm welcome by the husband of CJ, Miro. He closes the door behind him and you can just hear all the commotion that Miro is causing because Miro just went to town on Ryan Nemeth. We get to see Abaddon versus Hikaru Shida. The returning Abaddon, Abaddon won a match on Rampage that gave her the opportunity to face the AEW Women's Champion, Hikaru Shida. And this was perfect timing because it is spooky season. It is Halloween season. So Tony Khan said, well, let's put this super spooky, scary Abaddon on a match on Collision. And let's make this a no disqualification match. And let's put a whole bunch of Halloween stuff all around the ring so they can use it against each other and let's have a no disqualification match. Abaddon and Hikaru Shida went for like about 20 minutes with weapons and they were hitting each other with everything they can find around the ring and Abaddon pulled out a bag of candy. I guess someone did learn from CM Punk instead of using thumbtacks they said well let's just use some candy instead and the girls started taking bumps on the candy that was laid out on the wrestling mat. Hikaru Shida won the match and Tony Storm comes out again and there is more teasing of Tony Storm who seems to be interested in what Hikaru Shida has which is the AEW Women's Championship belt. Samoa Joe he gets a squash match on this episode and Samoa Joe wins by submission. Claudio
audio, he has a video package, and you guys remember that awkward flat finish from Dynamite after the tag team match between Danielson, Claudio, Okada, and Orange Cassidy? I'm sorry, the dream match, according to some. It turns out that Orange Cassidy broke Danielson's face with his super-duper Superman punch from hell, and Claudio wants revenge for his tag team partner, his faction member, Brian Danielson, and he's coming after Orange Cassidy International Belt. So we are going to be getting Orange Cassidy versus Claudio. And man, let me tell you, if Claudio does not win this match, I'm going to flip the fuck out. Because there is no way you're going to sit here and tell me that Orange Cassidy is a better wrestler than Claudio. There is no way, not in one million years, I'm going to accept anything other than Claudio coming out on top in this match and being the new international champion. I mean, the guy is from Switzerland, right? If anyone is going to be the international champion, it should be Claudio. But because it is Orange Cassidy and Orange Cassidy has super duper human strength and he is really jacked up, I think Cody Rhodes has a better chance of finishing the story way before Orange Cassidy ever drops the belt to anyone. I mean, it only took Orange Cassidy like 500 days to finally lose the international championship belt versus John Moxley. And because of unfortunate events that did take place that were out of anyone's control, the belt just went back to Orange Cassidy once again. So we're back to square one, but I hope that Claudio comes out victorious on AEW Dynamite. Dax Harwood versus Ricky Stocks. The House of Black, they're watching along and they're standing in the crowd. But why is the House of Black standing out there? We find out later on in the show. But first, let's talk about this match because we got some arm drags. We got some headlock takeovers. We got a wrestling match here, folks. Dax Hardwood was laying in some nasty chops. And Dax has some of those uh, Gunther type chops. They were loud as fuck. Dax Hardwood hits a pile driver on Ricky Starks. But Big Bill breaks the count. He gets involved and causes a distraction, which then Ricky Starks takes advantage and returns the favor and hits Dax Hardwood with a pile driver of his own and picks up the win over Dax Hardwood. One, two, three. So Ricky Starks and Big Bill, they have FTR's number here. They beat in FTR for the AEW World Tag Team Champions, and they're also beating FTR in these singles matches. But it doesn't end there because it looks like AEW and Tony Khan did not pay the electricity bill once again because the lights go out and Julia Hart she's back the last time we saw Julia Hart was at Wrestle Dream the lights go out a second time and the second time the lights turn back on the House of Black are standing side by side in the ring with the tag team champions and they attack FTR but we get more people coming down to the ring and it's LFI La Faccion they come out to even the odds and they help FTR with Roosh leading the charge and Roosh is back. We finally get to see Roosh back on AEW television. My other compañero, my compatriota from Tala, Jalisco, Mexico is back and he's back as a babyface. I was not expecting Rush to be a babyface here in this situation because Rush, he's usually a badass, nasty heel, but I'm glad that they're making that change for Rush and I'm really curious to see what type of shenanigans Roosh is going to get himself involved in. And then it's time for the interview wire because Andrade has an interview. Chris Statlander has an interview and she's also with Willow and Blue Sky. And both Willow and 
wearing blue sky they're wearing makeup because they were both misted by julia hart and sky blue she's looks like she's taking it the hardest after being misted by julia hart because she's acting like this spoiled teenage brat just standing there with just a childish demeanor rolling her eyes giving everyone attitude but good for sky blue she's trying hard to do something different not really sure where this is supposed to go is this supposed to be a heel turn i don't know but i guess we'll have to wait and see and the challenger for the international championship that's going to be taking place next week on dynamite claudio he has a squash match as well and this is like the third squash match of the night because the guns they had a squash match samoa joe they had a squash match and claudio he has a squash match as well and the guy that claudio was facing his name was hot sauce something i didn't really get to hear the name or his full name because as soon as the announcer was going to say the competitor's name claudio just jumped the guy and rushed him like 100 miles an hour this is building up claudio for his match versus orange cassidy and claudio's looking really good leading up to his match on wednesday and claudio does not stop there because even though he picked up the win he sends a message to orange cassidy and attacks his opponent after the match so orange cassidy if i were you i would be really scared right by now because claudio means business and the moment everyone has been waiting for the highly highly anticipated championship match our scumbag mjf versus the other scumbag kenny omega no i'm kidding i'm kidding and this match they get holy shit chance as soon as they get in the ring this match has a big main event feel mjf has the youth advantage going into this match kenny omega has the experience and the fans are pumped for this one and so am i the crowd for this one this is a split crowd they don't know who the fuck to cheer for obviously people love mjf and obviously the AEW fans well they love themselves their kenny omega this match starts off really entertaining because mjf he's hitting the fargo strut and he's doing the sneaky things he usually does because he tries to offer kenny omega a handshake in sportsmanship and once kenny omega falls for it mjf hits kenny omega with an eye rake that got a big pop from the crowd and mjf also did the unexpected here because kenny omega he launches himself for a super front flip from the ring to the outside floor but we are used to seeing kenny omega do this usually in every single match but what we didn't expect is that mjf countered with a high risk maneuver of his own and mjf he almost missed this flip that he did kenny omega had to take a huge sidestep to break mjf's fall but it got a really big reaction from the crowd they did everything you can possibly think of under the sun in this match it started started off at a slower pace but little by little it started getting more intense more high flying kenny omega was hitting his crazy wrestling moves that he usually does his combos his flips and they were going back and forth and this just goes to show that mjf can wrestle any style of match that you can think of he can have a classic wrestling match he can do the mat wrestling and mjf can also do the strong style high flying matches that kenny omega 
Omega is used to putting on. And we saw that here, folks. Kenny Omega hits a snapdragon suplex on MJF on the apron and puts MJF through a table. And I did not hear a bell after this, but I guess this is AEW. And really, it's a free-for-all in these matches. I can never tell when a match is no disqualification, if a match has any rules. I thought this was a title match, but now they got tables out there and the referee didn't do anything to stop these guys from using a table so i'm guessing this is a no dq match for some reason but that's not the end of the match kenny omega and mjf they go back in the ring and they trade off in a one two and the fight goes on they go outside of the ring once again and, and kenny omega he took off the padding on the barricade outside of the ring because kenny omega wanted to slam mjf on the exposed barricade but the referee stopped kenny omega and said no that's too far that's too much i mean kenny omega almost killed mjf by putting him through a table and the ref didn't do anything about that so i guess the referees just pick and choose their battles here but then don Callis comes out with a screwdriver in hand and causes a distraction that mjf he tried to take advantage of this distraction but cannot keep kenny omega down for the count kenny omega would not give up kind of like orange cassidy kenny omega has superhuman strength mjf hits the hit seeker gets a two count then hits kenny omega with with the panama sunrise and hits a second heat seeker and mjf retains finally one two three samoa joe's watching backstage wardlow's watching hobbs is watching the bullet club everyone is watching this match and everyone has their eyes set on the champion and the aw championship belt kenny omega he did the right thing here he passed the torch to mjf but these two they pulled all the stops here on this aew collision mjf will officially break kenny omega's world championship record and will be going down in history as the longest reigning aew champion mjf is at 345 days and mjf is also the youngest champion in aew in his first reign at 26 years old so congratulations to the champ congratulations to the scumbag let's have a toast for the douchebags let's have a toast for the assholes let's have a toast for the scumbags that was aew collision thank y'all for listening hit me up at snug wrestling and we'll talk soon <laughs>